0: Heavenly Father, I want to come to you this evening in Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: And I just want to first off thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your grace and your love and your mercy and your patience and your long-suffering, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm asking and praying tonight, Lord God, that you will raise up a standard, that you will raise up a people, Lord God, who are willing to go out and to do your will. Yes, Lord. And Lord God, I'm praying that amongst those that we will be accounted worthy, Lord Jesus Christ, to just to stop playing games with you, if that's what we're doing, to get into more prayer and fasting, Lord, to stay focused on you, Lord Jesus Christ, and to give up everything in this life that is keeping us from walking with you, Lord God. Yes, Lord. I'm praying, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will give us hearing hearts, to hear what you're saying to us, Lord Jesus, that we are called according to your purpose, Lord God, that we will be the ecclesia, we will be the called out ones, Lord Jesus, because There is a world of people tonight, Lord, lost, going to hell because your church has fallen asleep. And your word says, Lord God, that the way is straight and the gate is narrow. Lord God, and I'm asking and praying that we have a true understanding of what that means, what it means to follow after you, Lord Jesus Christ, what it truly means to be saved, and to keep going on in grace to that sanctification process, Lord God, because that is what you are truly calling us to do, to be sanctified, Mm -hmm. Lord that you can just call us to go wherever you want us to go, Lord. And without hesitation, without any doubt, Lord God, we will follow after you, Lord. We will follow after righteousness, Lord Jesus. So I'm asking and praying, God, in Jesus' name, that that's what we are going to do. We are going to yield our vessels under ministers, or instruments of righteousness and not unrighteousness, Lord God. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you just clear our minds of everything tonight that has nothing to do with you. I pray, Lord God, that your words will come forth, that your truth will be heard. That this message will change us, Lord Jesus Christ, you, Lord. and to do thy perfect and holy will. Thank you, Jesus. Be with this ministry tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, that it will be established upon your kingdom, Lord God. Every yes, one Lord. of them, every one involved. In Jesus Christ, your most holy name, I pray. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. So tonight's message is actually going to be called, What Their Lips Do Honor Me? Do They Honor Me? but have removed their hearts from me. The Lord gave me this study a while back. And honestly, I only found like when I was first started looking at a few scriptures, so I was like, all right, Lord, you're really going to have to show me how this study is going to all come together because I'm only finding a few scriptures where that phrase is there. But I believe the reason why he placed this on my heart is because you know we're finding this a lot more that people are just talking about how they want to serve the Lord. And it's, there's nothing wrong with coming together and there's nothing wrong with congregating and, and getting ideas and saying, yeah, we want to do this for the Lord and we want to do that for the Lord. But the thing is that we truly got to mean it within our hearts because we can get like, and I know a lot of other pastors have said this in the past, that we can get like a spiritual high, which is when we come together and we say, man, we want to do this and we want to do that and we want to go on and do this and then sometimes we get away from that and trust me I've been guilty of this too we get away from that and it seems like you almost come down from that high and it's like did I really mean what I actually said on that day was it truly within me to want to actually go out and to do all this and so we really have to be in reality of where we are with the Lord because he knows where where our hearts truly are and he knows what we want to do and what we don't want to do and so we have to have that same reality within us to actually say, all right, Lord, it's not that I don't want to go and do this stuff, but I got to keep in remembrance how far in my walk I actually am with you. Because if we go ahead of his walk or we go ahead of his timing, then we're putting ourselves in front of God. So we got to let him direct us and say, okay, I know this is where you want to be, but right now this is where you are. And let's start from here and go forward. So that way you actually can get to the goal of getting here. All right. So, from there, let's go to Isaiah 29, and we're going to start in verse 1. Isaiah 29 and verse 1. All right, right. 29 and verse 1. Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. And Ariel is actually another name for Jerusalem. Add ye year to year, let them kill sacrifices. Yet I will distress Ariel, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow. And it shall be unto me as Ariel. And I will camp against thee round about, and I will lay siege against thee with a mount. And I will raise forts against thee, and thou shalt be brought down, and shalt speak out out of the ground. And thy speech shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as of one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. Moreover, the multitude of thy strangers shall be like small dust, and the multitude of the terrible ones shall be as chaff that passeth away. Yea, it shall be uh, as an instant suddenly. Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, and with earthquake, a great noise, with storm and tempest, and the flame of devouring fire now this verse that i read verse six and i've gone on i actually went over this passage a couple of times and i don't know why that this verse is actually just really speaking out to me right now but we know that jerusalem we know that god's chosen people went into captivity for you know 400 plus years and after that they were dispersed you know his people were dispersed he even said that Um, But if you're noticing here as well when it said, Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, with earthquake, with great noise, with storm and tempest, and the flame of devouring fire. Doesn't that sound like today? Doesn't that sound like a lot of the stuff that America, that the world at large is actually going through, is going through all this stuff? Mm -hmm. And this was when um, they were being judged for not following after the Lord. So this is something we actually have to take and say okay how they were back then is actually how we are today we can actually compare everything that Israel did in Jerusalem and Judea all that or Judah all that the stuff that that the Lord judged them for bring it into modern day times and this is how we have to look at the world this is how we have to look at modern day times so that way we're not swept under that way we're not taken away we stand on the truth of the word Jesus Christ verse 7 and the multitude Of all the nations that fight against Ariel, even all that fight against her and her uh, munitions, and that distress her, shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall even be as when an hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite so shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against mount zion stay yourselves and wonder cry ye out and cry they are drunken but not with wine they stagger but not with strong drink for the lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes the prophets and your rulers the seers hath he covered And the vision of all this become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he say, I am not learned. So check this. You know, you got people saying, can you read this book to me? And one person says, well, it's still so I can't read it. Another person saying, I'm not learned, so I can't read it. Again, bring this into modern day times. you got people wanting to know about the scriptures. And they'll go to a church and somebody gives their own interpretation. Like the scripture says, don't be a novice. When you preach the word, you can't be like a new person, a babe in Christ. Because if you don't know what the word says, you know, how are you going to tell somebody else about it? If you're trying to give your own interpretation. So you've got to have that understanding of what the scripture says, so we don't lead people astray. But these people are here saying, hey, read this to us. We want to know what it says. Some you know, like it says here, they say it still. So they're giving excuses for not giving them the truth. And that's exactly what's happening today. People are taking their own feelings, their own emotions about how they want to live in this life. And they're trying to add it into the scriptures. We can't take what we feel and put it into the scriptures. We got to take the scriptures, God's holy word and put it into our life. So that way we speak the truth of Jesus Christ and we're not trying to say one way this way about it. We're not trying to say one way this way about it. We're not trying to say have your best life, you know, the best life that you can as long as you say that you believe in God, then you're perfectly then you're perfectly fine. Well, God can be anything if it's not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Anything can be your God. And and that's um, the biggest issue in society today is the fact that we have taken God, Jesus Christ, and we have removed him out of society. He's been removed out of the churches at large. And so today, the passes that you have, you know, and, and another thing is that people are not studying the scriptures for themselves. That's another thing. You know, if and it's even with the king james bible you know you got people saying well he preaches the king james bible well that's great but is what he's saying the truth you know is what he's saying of the word of god is he giving you not just the milk but the meat is he telling you about the times that you're living in is he telling you how to be separated so that's you know that's what it is is like giving people the truth of the gospel verse 30 yeah i'm
1: sorry you know this is a great point because what this is bringing forward is like Isaiah 6, 9-11 uh, through 11, when it says these people wouldn't receive the truth and he said shut their eyes and their ears lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears mm-hmm. it says in verse 10 the Lord poured out upon them a spirit of deep sleep and have closed their eyes so that they can't understand so that's a great point you know what you're bringing up
0: Amen, you as well alright Oh, it sounds like that that video again, that we watched with the Christian
1: on oh, yeah, the back. Oh, woman you woman
2: tell woman. me. Oh, you read. You Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I don't think I'll forget that. <laughs> I, I watched that too. There's
0: a lot of those. <laughs> the music is good too. <laughs> yeah. But it's so true. Actually, that's both really great points. It's so true as to why, you know, I've had people tell me that, and not just me, I know it's been told to other people that. You're too cold, or you're emotionless. You don't have any emotions. You're not this. Or you're not. You know. You don't feel anything. And it's like, I tell them, it's that's not it. But you can't be governed by your feelings. You can't be governed by your emotions because if you are, then you're not governed by Jesus Christ. Because in relationships, uh, if two people are not governed by Jesus Christ, how is it going to work? Really, I mean, seriously, how is it going to work? Because it's like. You know if you're truly governed by jesus christ in a marriage or in a dating relationship then you're going to ask the lord lord how can i do this you know what do you want me to do and the other person is going to do the same thing so if, it's like if you love jesus christ first in a relationship you're going to have your ups and downs but you know that jesus christ is the most important person in your life and that's how the relationship is going to work so if two people are governed. If a ministry, if a church, if a body of Christ is truly governed by Jesus Christ, it will work. He will make all things possible to work. But people are trying to put too much touchy-feely into it. Too much, you know, cotton candy messages is brought out in that. And so that's why there's too much feelings involved when it comes to the scriptures today. And that's why in that video, that woman was carrying the other woman because she didn't stay with the Holy Spirit she left the holy spirit and that was the problem as soon as she left the guidance of the holy spirit and took that woman on her back it weighed her down so it's like that's what we have to follow after we can't just see every person walking on the street and saying go run over to him right immediately we gotta ask lord is this what you want me to do is this the person you want me to talk to and he will govern us but if we're too involved in our emotions when it comes to that and i'm not saying don't talk to people on the street it's not what i'm saying at all but we got to make sure we're doing it for Jesus Christ and not for ourselves. That's the truth. Amen. Alright, verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among the people, even a marvelous... and A marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works are in dark and they say who seeth us and who knoweth us and I tell you what there's a lot of people saying that verse right there who seeth us or who knoweth us I tell you what that's a pretty boastful saying to want to say that before the Almighty God the one that can throw us into hell as the you know New Testament says that is a very bold statement to say but you know what there are a lot of people today masking as followers of Jesus Christ but in their hearts truly in their hearts that's exactly what they're saying you know and it's like we can never get to that place Lord forbid, God forbid, we ever get to that place in our life to say, Who sees me? Who knows what I'm doing? Uh, God does. Jesus Christ does. And that's why we always have to be in that place with the Lord. Even if we may not be completely where we are in the Lord, we always have to remember God's watching. Jesus Christ is watching every single thing that I do. And when I stand before him, it will be accountable against me on that day. And it should be a daily saying that goes through our minds. Lord, I know you're watching me. (laughs) I don't want to be disobedient to you today, so just help me, give me the strength that I don't do this. But there are some people out there today that are that boastful against God. Masking under a Christian name. Verse 16. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say unto him that made it, he made me not or shall the thing framed say unto him that framed it he had no understanding now verse 16 we're actually hearing a lot of people saying this today you're hearing a lot in the homosexual community I was born the wrong gender he made a mistake, he gave me the wrong body parts I was really supposed to be made a man and you know we pray for those people and we minister to those individuals because you know what, God never makes a mistake what happened to them in their life is a tragedy is a travesty but we are all given a decision to make in this life how we're going to let that dictate our life you know we can't live in pain forever we can't live in hurt forever you know and jesus christ does we talk about this all the time jesus christ gives everyone an opportunity in their life to come to know him he really does you know you got a lot of people today saying that they're saying well Obviously, he made a mistake because, you know, if he didn't, why did this happen to this person? Or why did this happen to this person? Because that was of our own choosing. That's the society. The society we live in today is of our own choosing as an average, as a whole. Maybe not everybody, but the majority of the people chose the society that we live in today. And that's why things are so bad. You know, people decided to, to kick God out of our society, prayer out of schools, the Bible out of schools, everything like that. And when that happened, today is the society we live in. And uh, families have even chose to choose to kick Jesus Christ out of their family life. You know, it may look like a family structure, but when it's not governed by God and it's governed by cell phones and TVs and iPads and all sorts of stuff like that, when it's not governed by the values of Jesus Christ set forth that he had for the family life, it falls apart. It is destroyed. And it's only hanging on by a small thread today because the, what, you, what is normal in society today for a family unit is this. You have a mom, you have a dad, you have kids. They don't live together. They're not married. You know, that's unfortunately, that's the norm of today. That's why the adoption rate is so high. But you know, I truly believe that the reason why adoption is around, so they could normalize homosexual couples so they could, yeah exactly so they could get children another way adoption was never part of God's plan, but society through Satan, Satan comes and he says, you know what, I'm going to push you a little at a time, a little at a time, a little at a time and that keep pushing forward has brought us in today's society which is prophesied in the scripture these are the times that we are living in, when we are not it's been said before, when we're not ruled by God we are ruled by Satan that is the truth of the matter All right, verse 17 is not yet a little while and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness the meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel For the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off, that make a man to an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face wax pale. But when he seeth his children the work of mine hands in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and shall fear the God of Israel. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. So even with all this stuff going on, the Lord is going to, he's he's going to make it known these things are going to happen. Those that you continue to believe in me Keep believing in me because you know what? One day we're going to be with him in heaven. That is what he's saying here. But we've got to know, why do we believe in Jesus Christ? How do we know? Are we living in accordance to his word? You know, one time we were witnessing to one gentleman out in the street. And the guy said, you know, how can all this stuff happen? You know, maybe God needs to take a break because with all this stuff happening, and he was talking about getting, you know, maybe he should have this and have that. And, you know, the thing is, is that. People have said, why do the wicked continue to to get off scot-free and all this kind of stuff? That's God's grace. Never, ever mistake God's grace for something else. You know, because the wicked, they need Jesus Christ more than anybody does. And so people say, well, my mom or my aunt or my dad or my uncle, my brother, they were a good person and they loved the Lord and they died. Well, if they truly love the Lord, they're in heaven, you know? But if a person doesn't know the Lord, if they are an evil person or a wicked person, well, if they die, what's, the, what's they're in? They're going to go to hell. So God may extend their life simply to give them an opportunity and a chance to come to know Him so that way when their life does expire and they stand, they're without excuse. When we stand before the Lord, we are all without excuse. And you know, we have to understand that the day of the Lord is coming. It comes as a thief in the night. And when we see all this evil that's going on, you know, it's, the days are getting shorter and shorter. Like it says in Matthew twenty-four, it, it is coming closer and closer. But we've got to continue to believe and not want and not desire after the things of this world, not desire after the evilness of this world, and be grateful and thankful for what we have. Because that time, I know at times it seems like, man, I'm just getting burdensome down. I'm getting tired, and you know, what's all this going on? This is really nothing compared to what is going to happen to us, compared to the persecution that is about to come our way. This is actually, hey guys, <clears throat> this is actually, you know, just like, I don't know, like a hangnail on our finger of, the, of what is truly to come. But we've got to endure this now. We've got to endure these small persecutions now. So that way when the big persecutions come, and they will be big, when the big persecutions come, it's not going to phase us one bit. you know. And it's, it's kind of hard to fathom what's going to come our way. It's really hard to fathom what kind of persecution we will endure or we're going to have to go through because there was a time when there was real persecution, when people were burned at the stake or they were uh, hung and burned at the same time. They were crucified and all that. And it's hard for us to fathom for even one minute or one second what that would be like because we haven't had to deal with that. No one in this modern day time, here at least, there are other Christians in other countries that are having to go through that. But we can't fathom that. And that's why we've got to continue to be strong now. So that way we can have the Lord's promises. We can have His blessings in everything. So if no one has any questions or comments, let's go to Psalm 78 in verse 1.
2: Just a quick question about, I think, verse 4 talks about the familiar spirit. What
0: was that again? The familiar spirit? Familiar spirit's like a a demon. And so it's like uh, mediums tried to use them as well. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is like some people um, try and say that a familiar, like they try and um, say it's your past aunt or uncle that's passed on and that's truly not it. It's a demon that can actually mimic you know that person so mediums use them and everything that's why it says in deuteronomy 8 talking about uh wizards and familiar. or 18 deuteronomy 18 talks about wizards and uh familiar spirits and when warlocks all that talking about don't don't mix yourself with those individuals that go after that
1: yeah i mean also when they were talking about having instruction of the lord and it talks about the negative people that they would speak as if they have a familiar spirit like in other words they would try and mimic the spirit of God, but it's not the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great imitator. Right. Yeah. So just an imitation then. From, from, uh,
0: yeah. Because yeah. there was even uh, Simon the sorcerer and there was the woman that followed um, Paul around talking about who he was. The spirit of divination. Yeah, she had the spirit of divination. And everything that she was saying was true, but she was using a, a divining spirit, a, a spirit of witchcraft to say who they were. So when Paul rebuked that spirit out of her, she could no longer tell fortunes mm-hmm. of, of the men that were actually using her. So they tried to, you know, kick them out or get them in trouble for mm-hmm. that. Yep. Alright, so Psalm 78, we're going to look at verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which ye have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Will we, we will not hide them from our children, shewing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and and might not do as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Oh man, if this don't speak volumes because if you look at generations today and in a a, a, a sense though today's generation is reversed because there was a time when the family unit did talk about Jesus Christ with their children before all these distractions came out that we have today. There was a time when parents took their children to church and not just any old church at that. I mean the pastor was on fire and he was preaching fire and brimstone. I remember... When I was a kid, <clears throat> one of the first churches that we went to, the pastor there, he did that. And I just, I barely was old enough to remember it, but he did. He was a fire and brimstone preacher every single Sunday. That seemed like all he preached, you know. And we've gotten away from that, though. You know, slowly over the course of time, when we got out of the 80s and we got into the 90s and all this new wave came over the church, we really, really got away from that. And when we got away from that, what happened was is that the family structure got away from that as well. And so today, the generations that are coming out are not I mean, you got kids today that don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Period. They they've never heard of the Bible. Uh, they don't know who Jesus Christ is. It's like you say, Do you know who he is? And they're like, No, we never heard heard of him. And to me that kind of takes me back because I'm like How have you not even heard of who Jesus Christ is? Because when I was a kid, even kids in public school knew who he was. So it's like, that's what's going on today with the generations. Generation after generation, this is what's happening. Why? Because it's been taken away. Slowly over the course of time, the name of Jesus is being removed, completely removed out of society. There was a time in history where it's like, People might have said don't follow after Jesus Christ or they might have said what his disciples did did was wrong or whatever. You had to contest with people over that. Now you are actually having to actually contest with people over the validity and the truth that Jesus Christ actually existed. So the devil's taken this fight to a a whole new ballgame. It's no longer, yeah, he was a good man and he might have died on the cross and his disciples were good people and stuff like that. No, it's actually saying Jesus Christ did exist. This is the evidence that he existed. And you still, even after all that evidence, you got people saying, I don't believe in him. But the evidence is right here. Because why? Their hearts have stern they have turned to stone. You're literally having to break up that, that hard ground. Like the Bible study, the you know, breaking up fallow ground. You're really having to break up that hard ground in people's lives just to get them to hear what you're actually saying. It's such a stepping process uh, to get him. But that's what's happening with the generations. The more we get into distraction, the more we get away from Jesus Christ, the less he's going to actually be talked about. All right? Verse 9. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bones, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his laws and forgot his work and his wonders that he had shewed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zion. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great, out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. Now we know what the children of Israel did. We've talked about this a lot too. It so says every time you turn to the Old Testament, children of Israel sinned against God. Children of Israel did this. Children of Israel did that. And God always preserved them. He all, even though he, his, his anger, His wrath was so kindled against them, You know, you had Abraham and you had Moses saying, Lord, please spare them. You know, please don't do this. Please don't do that. And he drew his anger back. Why? Because this people sometimes, we are just like this people. A lot of times, even though we say, you know, Lord, I love you. Lord, I want to do this. Lord, I want to do that. So many times we go out and we just, we break the Lord's heart all the time. You know, whether it's through watching a movie or listening to a song we shouldn't have listened to or engaging in a conversation, the Lord said, Don't engage in, and we did it anyways. And then later on that night we're praying and say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. You know, please forgive me of this and give me a strong heart so I don't do it again tomorrow. And keep going on and going on. But you know, we are a lot of times are like the children, maybe not in the multitude as they were, but a lot of times we are still individually like them you know, maybe we don't say the exact same things that they did, but we know we really got to truly know what's in our heart. We mm-hmm. really do, and that's something the Lord is, He's still working on me with, you know. Sure. It's like, Lord, just, He wants me to stay focused on me, stay focused on my will. Do this, do that, and I'm going to I'm gonna do things for you, but it's a baby step in process. You know, draw closer to me. You know, uh, get into a greater prayer life that was talked about, you know. This, and it, it just... Drawing closer constantly, you know, constantly drawing closer to the Lord. And it's not to say that to ad nauseum, but we've got to understand what that truly means. Because if we're just so close to the Lord that we're not concerned or focused on other things, we truly will be able to hear his voice. You know, that's that's the place that I want to get. I want all the clutter and everything taken out of my life so I can truly hear His voice. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? You know, keeping that mind with Him. Because I tell you, where I work, there's a lot of distractions. People yelling and screaming and cursing and all this other stuff. And it's like, I, it's a constant, Lord, keep my mind focused on You so I don't get taken away with all of that, mm-hmm. with all the silliness that goes on, you know? Amen. All right, um, verse eighteen, and they tempt God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God and said, "Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, He smote the rock that the waters gushed out, gushed out, and the streams streams overflowed. And He gave bread. Can He give bread also? Can He provide flesh for His people?" Therefore, the Lord heard heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and an anger also came against came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation, though He had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them the corn of the heavens. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to be full, to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh upon all them as dust and feathered fowls, like the sands of the seas, and he let, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were, and were well filled. For he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust. But while their meat was yet in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fatted of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. So he gave them this meat. Why? Because it was is what they desired after. It says right here. It, gave, it was because of their lust. You know, they didn't trust in the living God. They didn't trust in him because of all this... All the stuff that he did for them. How he delivered them out of Egypt. And how he kept you know, Pharaoh and his men from getting to them. He destroyed their enemies. And yet they still would not believe. They didn't want what he gave them. It said here they, they ate angels food. You know I don't know what angels food tastes like. But they weren't even. Uh, they weren't even desirous after that. Why? Because their hearts were far removed. Far from him. You know. Think about the close relationship, even in their sinful state that they had with God, that he protected them this way. You know, after all that he did for them, they were still not satisfied. They were still not joyful, you know, for all that he had done for them. Yeah,
1: That's a great point because, you know, I began to think about when she was talking about why he gave them angels food and manna and stuff like that. You know, when you really think about it, they couldn't have desired what was in the promised land. If they were already having their pleasure in the wilderness. That's a great point. I, you know, that never crossed my mind why they ate so, I wouldn't say cheaply, but it was kind of like he was only sustaining them because he meant for them to have more. And when he did give them quail and the things that they wanted, that they remembered in Egypt, in Numbers 11, he destroyed them as soon as they took a bite, you know? So it's, it's really interesting to think about
0: exactly and it's true it's also said here i want to go back to this verse where it said um he gave them their desire and we've talked about this i don't know how many times we never want god to give us what we want we want him to give us what he wants because we don't want the lust of our desires. So the lust of our desire what's that going to get us in this life what did it already get us before we were saved you know nowhere you know i remember how i was before i got saved and the hard road it's taken even after i got saved you know but i still remember the person i was before i got saved and it's just like man the things that i desired after now it's just like to me that's like detestable you know i can't believe that look at that guy and thought he was cute you know (laughs) because today it's like i wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole unless it was with the gospel you know but it's just like when the lord when he changes your desires when he changes your heart when he changes your mind when he changes your thoughts you look back at that person you thought was so attractive and it's just like uh-uh. i see the demons that are laying inside of you now no way no how but it's like that's why we can't have the Lord we don't want the Lord to give us those things that we desire after in our flesh because it's wrong it's terribly wrong and he's trying to save us from a world of hurt from a world of sin and you know when I hear people today saying well you know why would God allow this to happen God didn't want you to go after that person it was never in his plan for you to be with that person but we chose to be with that person You know, and I I was with some no good guys in my life, and all I got was hurt. And the only thing it taught me to do was how to run away from the situation instead of putting Jesus Christ at the center so he would fix it. All I knew how to do was run away. And that's what I did with every situation, every problem I dealt with before I came to know Jesus Christ. I didn't deal with it. I ran away from it. And what happened when he got a hold of my life and he saved me he gave me the fortitude to stand there and deal with the problem instead of going the opposite direction. To to not handle it the way I used to. To not handle situations in the old mindset but to give it to God and to pray about it. And that's truly what He's been constantly dealing with me with. Don't deal with it in the old life. Remember how the old life got you in trouble when you dealt with that way? Give it to me and I will fix it. You know, and that's just something that Everyone's dealing with something in their own personal life with the Lord. Whatever it is that's between you and the Lord. But remember how we were before and how he's changed us now. Don't go after the quail. Don't go after that stuff. You know, don't go after the lustful desires. Desire to have that angel's food, you know, that he's providing for us. Amen. Alright, verse 32. For all, they, for all this they sin still and believe not in the wonders, in his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock, and the high God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they... Uh, Steadfast in his covenants so even though they tried to Lord please don't do this and don't do that he already knew what was in their hearts he already knew what Israel was going to do because they did it every single time (laughs) every time he got mad about to burn them up Lord please forgive me don't kill us don't do this but they constantly were you know that's how they constantly were and you know thing is that we can't get to that place we can't get to the place where it's like we're constantly asking forgiveness for the same thing There comes a point in time where it's like, Lord, I want you to deal with this, so I'm not doing this all the time. So I'm not continuously going after this. Because remember, the Lord already knows what's really inside of our hearts. We may be able to hide it from each other and from whoever, but we cannot hide these things from the Lord. He knows what's really inside of us. Verse 38. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned his anger away it did not stir up all his wrath for he remembered that they were but flesh a wind that passeth away and cometh not again how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert yea they turned back and tempt God and limited the Holy One of Israel so God you know it's not that God forgets that's not it it at all but you know the thing is that God already knows man y'all are just like a bunch of dumb sheep you're going to do this you're going to go there you're going to you're going to fall over you're going to go astray and everything like that
1: and you're going to come back to
0: me I'm going to send out a shepherd he's going to bring you back and you're going to be forgiven you're going to run off again you're going to do something stupid and then you're going to come back again because God already knows what's inside of us the thing is that eventually like I already said we've got to stop running away we got to stop going after the things of the world. we got to stop making the same old mistakes. Because when we truly get to that place where we can put on the brakes and say, Why do I keep doing this? Then we recognize we got a problem that only God can solve. We can never solve anything of our own selves. And that's what the Lord did for me. He gave me a place where He helped me recognize the things that I was doing wrong so I'd stop doing them give those things over to him so that way he could completely wash me clean and take those things out of my life so I wouldn't do them again sure. alright if no one has any questions or comments let's go to Ezekiel 33 in verse 17 I had a feeling you were going there. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 3 33, 33, oh, 33. verse 17
1: but 3, Ezekiel 3 says the same thing similar, so it's funny that Deborah said that right, Ezekiel 33 verse
0: 17 yet the children of thy people say the way of the Lord is not equal but as, but as for them, their way is not equal. When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniqui- iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say, The way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, I will judge you, every one after his ways so you know we actually hear a lot about this today people saying well the Lord's not fair you know why does he allow this to happen or why do I get punished for this for this person you know if he just happens to turn away from his iniquity and does the right thing then he gets off scot free why is that because the Lord Jesus Christ is fair he is just he is true if we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and we know what his word says and we go against it he's going to judge us according to what we know and what we don't know That's just it. If somebody didn't know, technically know what they were doing was wrong and they turned away from their sins, the Lord's going to, you know, maybe they would do some time or not. But the thing is, is that out of a pure heart, they gave up their wickedness. Out of a pure heart, they wanted to come to know Jesus Christ and say, I don't want to live that life anymore. Look at the Apostle Paul. You know what he did. He persecuted, he burned, and, you know, persecuted the, the Christians. And what happened was, Lord turned him around. And after that, he went out preaching repentance for the rest of his life. That's what he did, you know? And so if we're looking at somebody, because I hear this too, well, that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. Well, if that's the case, man, we're all destined for hell because ain't none of us that deserve forgiveness. You know, the gospel is not for those who deserve it. Jesus Christ, he didn't die on the cross for those who deserved it. He knew that none of us deserved grace. He knew that none of us deserved to get into heaven. And that's why he died on the cross for our sin. We are all equal on that playing field when it comes to, well, this person doesn't deserve forgiveness. Hey, that's not, I mean, if that's how you feel about it, I I, I ask you to pray and have the Lord change your heart because none of us deserve that. And that's the mindset. Because as you're reading these scriptures right here, it almost sounds like someone's saying, kind of on a uh, grudging nature, mm-hmm. like, "Why does this person do this? Why does you know? Why does that person get that? Lord's not fair. Yes, He is. He's fair mm-hmm. because He didn't throw our butts into hell when He could have. Mm-hmm. That's how fair He is. You know, uh, verse twenty-one, huh? I was gonna
1: say more fair than we can ever imagine. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> verse twenty-one. And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, and in the 15th, in the fifth day of the month, that one that had escaped out of Jerusalem came unto me, saying, The city is smitten. Now the hand of the Lord was upon me in the evening, afore he that was escaped came, and had opened my mouth until he came to me in the morning. And my mouth was opened, and I was no more dumb. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, they that twenty-four, they that inhabit they, son of man, they that inhabit the waste of the land of Israel, speak, saying, Abraham is one, and he inherited the land. But we are many, the land is given us for inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Ye eat with the blood, and lift up your eyes toward your idols, and shed blood. And shall ye possess the land? Ye stand upon your sword. Ye work abominations, and ye defile every one his neighbor's wife. And ye shall possess the land? Say thou thus to them, Thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword. And him that is in the open field will I give to the beast. be devoured. And they that be in the forts and in the caves shall die of the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate and the pomp of her strength shall cease. And the mountains of Israel shall be desolate that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord when I have laid the land most desolate because of their abominations which they have committed. So in this that we're seeing is that these individuals thought that they had the land. They thought that they had taken it over by the sword, by doing this, by might, by power. And the thing is, is that we can never say that we have more than what God has given to us by how we take it. You know, by how we have it. You know, people will say, Well, I've got all this finances, so I have this. You know, or I've got all this power, I've got all this wealth, I'm the CEO of a company. You know, I've got this. And you even got people in, we know how (laughs) corrupt the government is and how many people that they've killed and how many people that they've murdered and how they have allowed abortion to run rampant in this society. And they want to say, hey, you know what? I've taken over this land. This land is mine. You know, first of all, Satan is the god of this world. That's first and foremost. And it's not to say that Jesus Christ cannot rule in our households he cannot rule in whatever we do if we put him first but you know what if people today are saying well I did this and I did that hey he that lived by the sword will die by the sword so you know you got people out there killing and doing all this kind of stuff saying I've taken this or I did this through that and I did this you know the Lord is just he's going to judge every single person for what they do he's going to judge this nation for what they have done and how it's like you got homeless people out there today who are homeless because the government's giving them out drugs. He's they're keeping them that way, you know. And that's why we go out and we preach and teach them the gospel. You know, we might give them something if we can give them, and to let them know, hey, don't desire after what somebody else did. Don't desire after the evil that they did. Don't go down that path. That's not the way that you want to go. Even though they might seem like they've got all this stuff now. One day, everyone is going to be judged for all that they do. So don't simply say you got something because I stepped on somebody else to get it. You know, because... Like,
1: it, uh, yeah, no, good. Sorry, make your No, you're fine. But like that one guy that when we went out there with Martin and Sarah, and this guy, you can tell, like, if he would have just given, if he gave his life to the Lord, he had a good mindset concerning the world, but he's the one that Sarah was talking about earlier that mentioned something about um, God needs to take mm-hmm. a break or whatever. And he had unforgiveness in his heart. But this guy, when, when he was asked, remember, what is your definition of a weak person? He pretty much mentioned a worldly person, someone that worships and idolizes the world. Mm-hmm. So he was spot on with some things, but he just needed to give his life to the Lord. But he had unforgiveness in his heart. He's one that thought God was unfair.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, we had a good time out there last week.
0: Absolutely it's so true it's so true. all right verse 30 also the son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by walls, by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one his brother, saying, come I pray you and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord and they came unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, and they will not do them. For with their mouths they shew much love, but their hearts goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. So, these individuals are coming and they're listening, but they're not doing what's being commanded of them. They're not doing what the Lord says. Even though it says here, it's like, man, you know, they got a lovely presence. You know, they say, much love, much love this, much love that. You know, we got to love everybody and all that. And, but inside, it's not grounded in them. It's not rooted in them to do what love is. And that is Jesus Christ. And it's His commandments. It's what He commands us to do. Love is not a feeling. It is an action. It is Jesus Christ is saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And when He tells us to do it, we go and do it. You know, that is what the true love is. It can't be all these feelings and emotions that are going out in the airways today. That's not love. Love is, hey... If danger's coming down the street, and I see it, you know, this big train coming, and I see the train coming, and you're standing on the tracks, or you're deaf or something, can't hear it coming, or whatever, and there's danger around the corner, I see the danger. If I don't tell you about it, how do I love you if I'm not telling you about the danger that's right there, that's coming? And that's why we're out telling people about Jesus Christ, because there is real danger of hell, You know, the danger isn't necessarily what's going on in the world today. The danger is there's hell to pay for. There's a lake of fire after that. That's the real danger. It's the fact that Satan rules this kingdom. And he's trying to keep people away from the love of Jesus Christ, which can heal us from everything that we've gone through in our life. So, um, from there, let's go to Matthew 15, in verse 1.
1: And I like verse uh, 32, where it says... And lo, they are unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice. You know, in some ways, he says in the previous verse that they won't do. And, and they're making it clear it's because the people have become entertained. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how if you went to a concert and you heard someone singing and you're there, you know, and you're just so entertained by what's going on. But it didn't strike you in the place to want to do more or to take the words to heart that you would just entertain Yes, that's a that's a great scripture, great verse
0: and that's why it's like though I know there's a lot of Christian contemporary songs out there but you know, I, tr- I actually more enjoy the old hymns mm-hmm. that were sung mm-hmm. in church the old hymns like you know mm-hmm. uh, Matthew 15 and verse 1 mm-hmm. uh, there's power in the blood You know, what can wash away my sins? Nothing, the blood of Jesus, but the blood of Jesus. And it's like, these, when you hear these hymns, it's like, you know, there's one that's a rendition and kind of a little bit of a toe tap into it, but it really just, it gets you revved up. You know, it's talking about there's power in the blood, you know, and everything. And it just, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so you hear these songs and it just really gets you like, yeah, it gets you on fire, but some of these songs that are out there today, it makes you more, like, mellow, like it makes you want to fall asleep. And so it's like, that's why these old hymns that we used to sing in church, great gospel hymns, you know, full of the power of Jesus Christ. And that's why it's, yeah, I agree with you what you're saying that, you know, as a song that can't be going after simply how the person sounds, but what is the message? <laughs> What is the message that's being brought forth from
2: that? Yeah, some could be like a little message, like you know, like for example, like nothing compares to you. It's like who Jesus or Satan?
0: They
2: never say. It. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yes. And then th- there's some that have such specific lyrics that when you're playing it like in your head later, it almost sounds like you're saying other things that you should not be saying. Mm-hmm. So like the way that they, they start rhyming, it's mm-hmm. like it's almost like they're so close. I don't know. Maybe I, I just picked this up because I, you know, I had to learn English and I'm kind of still translating things in my head, you know, but it's, but it's like when I listen to some of these, like they, they play in, like in your, the back of your head for like a few days later and it's like, what am I singing? it's like, you're saying like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? Am I? Yeah. oh, yeah. Because never mention Jesus. There
1: isn't much difference between today's music in the world, you know, like there's Brooklyn Tabernacle that I like they're really good. But, you know, there is a lot of theatrics and things in it. But the old hymns, like Sarah mentions, it puts the emphasis back on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the glory where it belongs. Not, you know, trying to tell a whole story about your life, you know, and everything. The old hymns always brought it back to Christ. You know?
2: Yeah. And they have a real voice singing verses, like a bunch of people singing verses right. just like, I turn on the radio, I was like, is this or West? Oh, wait, this is Toby Mac. <laughs> like, you know, like, they're actually copying, like, the music style of the popular songs to get you to be trying, but never really mention Jesus in their song.
0: It's it's true. It is very true. And that's why we can't, we can't afford to compromise. Because when you start compromising uh, your values of, you know, and and that's the thing about, I don't want to get too far off the subject, but even modern day Christian artists, have compromised their values a lot of them have and that's why it's like you, you hear their music or you see their albums and you see stuff on there it's like this stuff should not be on their their you know the the, the trichetra should not be on their album or the pyramid and stuff like that that should not be on their album mm-hmm. you know and it's just like they're trading their values for money they're trading the values for wealth and for acknowledgement and so it's like hey if you want to be an artist do it for jesus christ always make jesus christ the head of everything that you do and you'll never go wrong
2: in that situation one more thing, we went to this concert and anyway, there were a bunch of bands playing and one one band was really good and you know, at the end he said yeah, I, I've been singing Christian songs for 15 years but I, I gave my life to the Lord about 3 years ago so I'm thinking, this is great but it's like, what happened to those other yeah. years, like what were you really singing, but, you know Where were you
0: singing those Christian songs <laughs> if you didn't do I mean, did it take it really like long to, to convince yourself, or is it like, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, What band is this?
2: I forget their names. They're actually very, very big. They're, I think, like three or four steps away from them. the newsboys, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah.
1: crazy. But the Bible tells us to be aware of the circumcision, you know, and everything, because that's where a lot of the smooth talkers are—people yeah. that may have knowledge of the Bible but really haven't given their lives over the Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta really beware. You know, of the messages. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So true. Exactly right. All right. So this is Matthew 15 and verse one. Then came Jesus. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, retro of Jerusalem, saying why do thy disciples transgress the, di- the traditions of the elders for they wash not their hands when they eat bread but he answered and said unto them why do you also transgress against the commandments of God by your traditions I just love how Jesus puts it point blank in their face you know right the point. exactly for God commanded saying honor thy father and mother and he that curseth father or mother let him die the death but ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of non-effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you same. This people dry nigh, draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines of commandments of men. And we knew that the Pharisees and Sadducees were real good about doing this, trying to get the people to follow after the old Mosaic law, and they themselves were not even trying to keep it. They used that to force against the people to do what they wanted, instead of what God wanted. Verse ten, and he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came he his disciples and said unto them, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said. Every plant which my father which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. So here we have it, it's saying right here If we are not grounded and if we are not rooted in Jesus Christ, what's gonna happen? They're gonna be plucked up, plucked up by the rooter, it says it in another scripture here but you got a lot of blind people <laughs> leading other blind people today and what's going to happen they're going to fall into the ditch and that's why we cannot be blind concerning the scriptures we have to know what it truly says because you got a lot of false doctrines you got top theologians today and I know I've talked about this before I got top theologians today trying to put the gap theory in Genesis 1 between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 saying well it could have been millions of years and stuff so, because it says you know One day is a thousand years of the Lord, and a thousand years is one day. Okay, that's still going to be 7,000 years. It wouldn't even, still wouldn't even equal up to a million years. You know, and you got people trying to put all this nonsense and garbage into the Word. Why? Because they're trying to appease the hearts of man. Instead of trying to please the Lord God Almighty, this is His Word, His true and holy Word. And it's better that we go by this than any other doctrine. And that's why I know for sure that when the Lord saved me, this Bible, this Word came to life. Before then, I didn't know what it said. All the years I went to Christian school, all the years I was in church, I did not want to read the Bible. It got in the way of what I wanted to do. I didn't understand all the these and the thous and the thus fours and everything. All that stuff got in the way. And when He truly saved me, it was like that lifeline came, it just came open. You know, because this is truly a living, breathing organism. It really is. And I didn't understand that. It's like, you can have all the head knowledge of this word that you want, but you don't get the heart knowledge until you truly get saved. Because then the Lord truly, he will reveal things to you. I was like, I didn't know this was in here. I didn't, when did this say that? I didn't know it. I got so hungry and, and desirous after the word of God. And I don't like to read. So I got so hungry and desirous after the word of God after that. Because he finally opened my eyes to where I could see what his word was saying.
2: Yeah, exactly to your point. It's like you know, some people say, "I'm not blind; I can see just fine." But you're blinded by this world. You're, you're not seeing what you just said. You're seeing, you know, the word of God. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) You can see
2: just fine, but you're not really not seeing this.
0: That's so true, and that's why it's like many people—they've got the head knowledge. They are astute. They've got all the theology from here to yonder, but they have. They really don't know what the Word of God says. It's not in here. It's only up here. And I've talked to people that way and they look so proud. You just stop being so proud. you know, Because they've got a very proud... Well, I know. Well, I'm studied and I blah, 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 blah. And it's like, who cares? You know, do you know what the Word of God truly says? Because you can only study it so far up here. You know, you can only go to school so many years and learn it up here. I went to, to Christian college for two years, and I did not like going there. I hated going to Christian college. I didn't want to be there. And it was just like, while I was there, I still didn't understand what the Word of God says. And people were going there. It was just like, they, you could tell they weren't saved. You could tell that their heart was torn up just like mine was. And that they did not want to be there. It was just like, they were there only because they had to, they were made to go. And as soon as they got away from it, who knows what they were going to do. And that's why you can't go to school to learn this Word of God. You can't go there for that reason. You know, because this right here, when I didn't go to theology school. I mean, I went to two years of Christian college in the early 2000s. But, you know, it's like if we truly want to know what the Word of God says, we've got to ask Him for His guidance. We've got to ask Him for His understanding. You know, we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything of what the Word of God says. So that way, we're not mistaken we're not leading other people down the wrong direction with what the Word of God says. And there's a time and a place for everything. we got to have the spirit of discernment. That's something he had to teach me because there was a time I'd blurt out anything. As he knows. He remembers.
2: I have a question for you guys. I mean, you guys obviously grew up with the Bible. You guys went to church. You, like, Of course, you said you chose to ignore it back then because you were younger. And But like, when, when you think back now, it's like does this like just come alive for you more, like, I like guess, better than anything that else that you ever learned? Like, like, do, do, like, do you actually, remember what you're reading right now? Remember hearing like in like in the past when you're little or something? Well,
1: what I found is for me that the people that I grew up with that used to tell us read the Bible, mm-hmm. they're not that serious about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that many of them had ever gone through that transformation. Mm-hmm. Of truly being born again and really wanting to get into God's Word they would tell you in many cases read the Bible because it's good to tell people to read the Bible Mm -hmm. not because they knew what you can get out of it you know what I'm saying but it was more of they just felt like well that's a Christian thing to do tell people to read the Bible get into the Lord but I found that now that I run into a lot of them you know including some family members they don't have a thirst for the word like you know we do today so it's not a book of information it's a book of transformation and I think unless we recognize that we'll only look at it with information and not really give God what he wants I mean I don't know what your experience is but that was mine and it's just I love it and I remember it and I just I think about this every day you know in one way or another this book is open before me because this is what I want I can't get enough of this this has become a part of me
0: that's true mm-hmm. and it's like when I was younger because if it's like you can only tell somebody what's truly in your heart and so I will never fault my parents for taking me to church or anything yes. like that they did the best that they could do with what they have but it's like it was never I don't think it was actually broken down to me in a sense why this is why this is I mean there was morals and values there no doubt but to under, truly understand and get the grip of what sin means that was never brought to my attention because I had known that when I was a kid, I think I, you know, would have turned away from it. But I, I, I see this too, a lot of times. You know, when I was growing up in church, you know, you got a lot of, you got all these children's churches and these children's this and children's that, and what it does is because I helped out in those ministries. What they're trying to do is they're just trying to have a bunch of fun. They give them a little Bible story. And the rest of the time, it's fun time. It's snack time. It's play around time. But what they're not doing is they're not sitting them down. And they're not explaining to them why they need to give their life to Jesus Christ. What the true value of sin is. And why we need to be repentant of it. How real hell is that they're going to end up there one day if they don't accept Jesus Christ. They're keeping all this away from children. So when children grow up, they don't understand the true values. All they're just seeing is some little you know, silly Bible story that they were told about when they were a kid. They're not giving the truth of Noah's Ark being an actual ship. They see some bathtub toy. That, and, th-
1: and I mean, as Christians, we're giving... We want our children to have a childhood. And I think that's the saddest part of being a Christian. Yeah. We really purposefully withhold information that children can know about Jesus because we want them to have fun. We don't think that some stories in the Bible are appropriate, but it's clear when Jesus preached, he preached before children. That's why he was able to say, tell that little boy to come in. Because that little boy was in the midst listening to what Jesus had to say. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that Satan does not wait for you to grow up to an appropriate age. If you're sitting in front of that TV at three years old and something rated R comes on, Satan is going to play it all the way through, not even caring. So he's going after the young Right now, when we're trying to have, give our children, you know, uh, uh, a childhood, yeah, which is garbage. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a kid. But, I mean, this is life. I mean, to the young and the old.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm and sorry,
1: I don't want to start preaching no, in here again. No, it's
0: fine, because I do remember the first church that we went to, they didn't have, they had a nursery, and that was it. You know, they had Sunday school, but they didn't have like children's church and stuff like that. So it was like as bad as a kid as I was, I still had to endure the service until I got taken out. But it's just like they didn't have a bunch of... And that's what they're trying to do today is they're saying, well, kids can't sit through this. They can't endure all that. That's of the devil. Yes, they can. (laughs) can. You know, they need to hear the the same important messages everyone else does. Why is that? Because you got kids even graduating Christian schools saying, I want to do this and I want to do that. Or I've been told I gotta do this. I gotta be told I gotta do that. And when they get away from it, that's where it stops. It stops the moment that they graduate high school and they go on and do what they want to do. And that's what I did. As soon as I got out of my parents' house, I said I'm done with the church. I never said I was done with Jesus Christ because I didn't know him. I just said I was done with the church, you know. And so it's like we gotta. The importance is getting to these youth, like he's saying, letting them know, hey. You know what? This is where it starts. I know what you're thinking <laughs> to these kids and saying, some of you, it's not in here and it's got to be in here. You know, and it's like, if we know the truth, we got to tell the generation that's coming up because they don't. All right. Um, verse 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto this, declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, are ye also without understanding? Do not ye do not ye yet understand that whatsoever endure, entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast into the drop? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth, proceedeth proceed evil thoughts, murder, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So he's letting you know, just because you eat and you don't wash your hands, that's not going to defile you. It's really what's in here. It's really what's inside of our heart. It's really what we do think about on a daily basis. That's what defiles us. You know, so it's like we got to stay away from all these things. All these things that, like he was saying, braided arm movies, Sitting, you know, a child sitting in front of a braided arm movie, us sitting in front of a rated R movie, a PG-13 movie, whatever. Those are the things that will defile us because the more and more we are around that, if we are, we don't have on the armor of God when we are around those things like at work. You know, kids cursing up a storm, people I work with cursing up a storm. we got to have on the full armor of God. Why? Because being around those things, man, it just it's a constant attack. It's a constant attack against your armor. That's why we got to have on the helmet of salvation and whatnot. Because if you don't, eventually you start getting into a conversation. You start leaning a little this way. And it's like, nope, got to go back this way. I can't afford to go over there. I can't afford to get in that. We may work in that environment. We don't have to be that environment. We've got to be separate. So that way we can tell others, hey, this is how you come out of it. This is how you do this. This is how you give your life to Jesus Christ. All right. Um... Okay, so from here, let's go to Mark 7. In I'm verse... Just, huh?
1: No, good. Mark 7.
0: I no. no, you were going to say something.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> our hearts were made to connect. That's the way God made them, but they were supposed to link with God and, you know, eventually our families and, and everything else. So that's why he tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence mm-hmm. because out of it flows the issues of life your heart will link to something. It's just not meant to be a cold block of ice in your chest. It's Mm -hmm. going to connect with whichever it interacts with the most. That's just the way that we're made.
0: Absolutely. All right, Mark 7 and verse 1. All right. Mark 7 and verse 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came unto Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with the fowl, so this is the same story but it goes a little bit further into detail, um, with the file, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the traditions of the elders. And when they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be, which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and the scribes then asked, Why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions of elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And Jesus said unto them, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines of the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the traditions of men, as the washing of pots and cuffs, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Fool well ye reject the commandments of God, that ye may keep your own traditions. So this is going in further detail as to what we just read in Matthew 15. But they want to appear righteous, as we know. They want to appear like I'm clean. I smell nice. I do all these great things. I wear a nice car. I wear a nice coat. I drive a nice car. And I do all these nice things for people. Look at me. But when they see someone out on the streets that's in rags, Or looks a little on the dirty side. (laughs) Or doesn't look like someone they might want to commune with. Or talk to. Or anything like that. Because they might look a little different. They might smell a little different. Maybe they haven't taken a shower in a few days. Or anything like that. They don't want to get near them. And this person right here may very well accept Jesus Christ. But they don't want to have anything to do with them. Because they don't even have Jesus Christ in their own lives. You know. How are they going to tell somebody about that? And you got a lot of individuals that are holding on to that today their outward appearance looks nice but the inward side the inside of them is very dark it's very shallow it's very void of jesus christ and they know that they need jesus christ in their life but they want to appear like i'm godly i look at me look at how nice i look i have all these nice things so what so, what you, you gonna be able to carry that into heaven? No, as we talked about on Sunday, it's like you can't do that. You can't. All this stuff's gonna burn out, man. You know, as like I'm thankful for what the Lord's given to me, and all uh, and everything that He's done because I have exactly what He wants me to have, and that's just it. You know, and I we say this all the time: if you got food on the table, if you got heat in your apartment, if you got whatever going on, it's like thank the Lord for all those things. You know, because it's like, we could be without. We could be out on it. Eventually, we're going to be there anyways. So it's like, why look down on those people? They need Jesus Christ just like everyone else does. And that's why I'm thankful that the Lord puts into my remembrance the person I was. Not that I dwell on it, but the person I was. He does it as a humbling experience at times. Hey, man, don't get all high and mighty on yourself. Because remember how you used to be? Remember the alcoholic you used to be? All this kind of stuff and that's why it's like today he says tell people of my transformation that I did for you in your life so that way those walls get broken down because I know you feel it at times when we go out there and minister to people the big wall of you don't understand my life comes up and that's why when you tell them of hey this is how I used to be it starts to come down because oh you do have a little bit of understanding of of what I went through you know okay um, verse 10 For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever calls, call, curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or his, or his mother, It is corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him not no more to do aught. For his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, yeah, which ye have delivered, and many such like things ye do. Okay. Verse fourteen. And when he had called, and when yeah, and when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, the, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are are they that defile the man. If any man have ear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, "Are Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever things that are without entereth into the man, it cannot defile man? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into his belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. From within, out of the heart of a man, perceiveth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. So this just was a continue on of what we read. But all these, these are all the things. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have these things within inside of me. Well, it's like if you got an evil thought towards someone, you do. It's like, I don't fornicate anymore. I haven't done any of this. Well, if you look on a man or a woman in a way that you shouldn't, it's still within sight of you and it's not to say that it's not a process because I remember the Lord taking me away from that life and it was like fornication was actually the, the biggest thing I dealt with it was the hardest thing to come out of my life that and being an insecure person those two things were like the Lord really had to get the jaws of life to pull them out of me because I dealt with it for so long and it's like drinking and smoking was much easier for me to give up than the thoughts of being with a man that I shouldn't be with and insecurity because those I had dealt with for the longest in my life, and drinking and smoking was one of those that was without it came in. So that's probably why it was easier to give up. But the thoughts that we deal with on a daily basis, those are the things that if they're not right, we gotta rebuke them out. Because if they're not a part of our life anymore, it's probably just the devil trying to disrupt our life in some way. And that's why we gotta, you know what? That's not who I am anymore. Satan, get thee behind me. Thou art an offense. So we got to get those things, you know, if it's not a part of us, don't let Satan try and bring us back into that life, you know? All right, let's go to Colossians 2 and verse 1. Colossians two and verse one. For I would that ye knew what great a conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many in, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and to all riches of the fullness of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgment of the mystery of God. And of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be present in the flesh, yet yes, I am ab- yeah, thank you. Yes. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, join and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Jesus, or Christ Jesus, the Lord, so you walk; so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after after the after the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So this is something we've been talking about for a while like you were saying tonight with the music and everything, it just seems like everyone is trying to get into this whole, we got to bring the world into the church because that's the only way we're going to get people into our church and if we compromise just a little bit don't think that Satan's not going to try and bust the door wide open with compromise because that's what he's doing, he's actually doing this and this has been proven because I've heard of it, he's getting pastors even on the east coast to compromise what they're saying they've got to be careful now of what they preach because people have gone in and told them if you preach certain kind of messages you're going to lose your congregation, you're going to lose your church you're going to lose your bus ministry, you're going to lose all your funding all that's going to be taken away from you and so what's happened because pastors have started to idolize what God gave them now they're saying well I can't afford to do that I can't afford to lose the nice life that I'm living because now I've got a, a really nice house, my family's taken care of, I don't have to have a second job, you know, all this stuff has been given to me, so God wouldn't want all that taken away from me, He would want me to stay within the congregation, because who would, who would preach to these people if I was to leave? It's not about us in the first place, we've got to totally remove I out of the situation, you know, because if people are doing that, if people are coming in and saying you gotta do this or you gotta do that, or you're gonna lose your congregation, <laughs> take it. You know, I'll go on to the next of what God gives me. But when we bow the knee to Satan, when we compromise just a little bit, just a hair, then we're gonna keep compromising. And we will keep compromising to That's the really. point of like you've compromised to the past, to the point of no return. And then what? You know, if they take all this stuff away from you, if they take your building away from you, who cares? Go preach in the grass somewhere. You know, but it's like that's what people are they're getting too idolized on on buildings. You know, that's what's you come here and we talk to people important, what church are you gonna take me to? Oh, I've had a really bad religious experience when I went over here to this church. Or this pastor said this or this pastor says that and we're just hey man, I'm just here to tell you about the word of God. I'm not here to take you to a building. You know, because that's not where it's at you can go to a building and it just be a building, <laughs> doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost is there, because the Holy Ghost is in here, that's where he's supposed to dwell at,
1: and she's right there's a lot of agents, you know they're now sitting in the churches, they've been for years, but now they're real aggressive, where they're sitting in the congregation, and they're waiting for the pastor to slip up, she's right, if you compromise one you compromise all, because the devil is good to get you to just give a little bit, just a little compromise. And then what the devil will remind you of is your compromise that you just made. So he's a dirty dealer. You know, he'll get you to compromise some things and then later say, you see, well, you already compromised that. So it was a little bit further. And then he'll accuse you of it if you try and get back on track. So she's right.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually had a friend of mine from North Carolina tell me that about a church that we uh, I attended years ago. And he said an individual came up to him and said, you know, Pastor and so-and-so has got to be real careful about what he preaches today because, you know, he's been told that if he preaches on certain messages, all this is going to be taken away from him. And it's just, it's sad to see that individuals that started out in the gospel with pure hearts and wanted to preach Jesus Christ, you know, it's like, look at Billy Graham, that of 100 years old. I mean, years ago when he started, I mean, I can't say one way or the other. When he started, he did tent ministries and he did stuff like that. He seemed like he was on fire with for God. And what happened? Little by little, more people, more money, more this, more that. And he went from over here to all the way over here before he died. Saying that anybody, Muslim, it didn't matter who you work it except Jesus Christ. So we've got to be careful. We really gotta be careful. We can't get on the bandwagon of money this, money that, you know, if we have all this then we can do that. What does Jesus Christ want us to do? That's what it boils down to. Because if we stay under Him, we're not going to get taken away with vain deceits, philosophies, and all that kind of stuff. We won't. You'll hear a message, and you'll be able to know is this truth or is this not truth. Let me get out. You don't always have the Word of God in front of you. Always, always have this as your guide. You know, let me look in the Scriptures. Did He what He said was correct? Because if you go that direction, you're not going to get taken away with what everybody says. Well, the only way that you're. Doing- Something something's
1: is because you've been reading the
0: scriptures. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, that doesn't the spirit, sound right. Let me look that up. <laughs> the spirit even tells you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that. true. Yeah. All right, verse nine. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of the prince of the of all the principalities of in power, in whom also are ye circumcised with the circumcisions made without hands in putting off the body of sins, of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in his baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So if we are baptized with Jesus Christ, truly baptized with him, man, we lay the old man down, and we rise up in Jesus Christ. But we rise to His baptism. It says in another scripture, if we are baptized with the same baptism of Jesus Christ, we are also going to endure all the things that He endured in the, in the life that we live. So when all the persecution all that kind of stuff starts in our life, don't get offended by it. Because if we are ba- that means we are baptized into Jesus Christ. That means we are walking after Him now. And instead of like getting, the, getting us down, it should actually give us a little bit of excitement. But that's what we gotta recognize is what's going on. You know, if the world starts hating us, don't get mad over it. Saying, "Man, Jesus, I'm more like you now," so it should be exciting. But that's we gotta think like that first. We gotta understand what's really going on first. Amen. Verse thirteen: And you, being dead in your sins and the circumc- and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Thank you, Jesus. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or in the new moon, or in the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, um, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So, if you're doing things for the Lord, and the Lord's calling you to do things, and he's calling you to to go out and do whatever. Don't let anyone take you from that. Don't let anyone say, oh man, what you're doing is silly. Why are you going to go do this? Why are you going to do this? Sometimes it's even best not even to tell people. Unless the Lord instructs you to. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Sometimes I'd be like, man, the Lord told me that." Oh man, why are you going to go do that? Let's go do <laughs> this tonight. Man, that's crazy. The Lord the Lord would not want you to go out there tonight and do this. It's cold. It's rainy. Somebody might stab you in the back. And before you know it, you're thinking,
1: they preach fear into you yeah. you start believing too.
0: <laughs> man, it is like 55 degrees outside. It's too cold, you know. It is a little drizzly outside, man. I don't. I haven't eaten all day and, you know, I'm a little tired. They start taking away the fire. They start taking away the fire that the Lord placed in you. And I had to learn that lesson. I really have had to learn that lesson. Sometimes the Lord's like, don't tell nobody. You just go do this and you follow after me. You can tell them later. Because sometimes like, we can blow it. We truly can blow what the Lord's telling us to do by yapping our gaps at some people and telling them the things and stuff like that. The Lord may say, I don't want you to tell that person. They're going to try and distract you. You just go do it now. So don't ever let anything the Lord's telling us to do, don't ever let what someone else is saying take you away from that. You know, And make sure the Lord wants us to tell that person in the first place. Verse 19. Holding not or, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject? Are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using. After the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a shoe of wisdom in, in will in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the stead to the satisfying of the flesh. So it's like the, when we're worshiping the Lord and everything like that, we also got to make sure that we're wanting to give up the world. But when we do these things, man, we got to do it for Jesus Christ only. We can't do it to be looked upon. We can't do it to say, man, look at me. Look at how I'm worshiping. I'm really praising the Lord here. Can't be for any of those reasons. You know, we can't be humility. We can't be humble saying that we're humble. That's not humility. You know, we got to be humble before the Lord. You know, we can't talk about... It's not for a shoe of things that we do. You know, when we go out and talk to people and we give people money and we help them and we give them food, It's not for us. That's all that Jesus Christ did to glory. It's not for us to boast and say, yeah, I gave this person $20, and he did this, and man, it just did. So what? That's for Jesus Christ. And if he does want us to talk about it, let him lead the worst. That way we don't appear that we're boasting ourselves. Because I hate that. I truly just, excuse me, I I strongly dislike that. You know, when I just, I don't want to hear about what other people do for other people unless it's in a setting to say, we're getting on fire for the Lord. But outside of that, it's not for a boast. We're not trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to prove Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. All right, if no one has anything, let's go to Romans 16 and verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Romans sixteen and let verse, oh, verse seventeen. All right. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they are such for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, and by good word and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple for if your obedience is come abroad for your obedience has come abroad unto all men i am glad therefore uh, on your behalf but yet i would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil and the god of peace shall bruise satan under his head under his feet shortly the grace of the lord jesus christ be with you amen So what he's saying here is so, so very true. Because there are going to be individuals in ministries, in churches, and everything. Hey, if Judas Iscariot did it, we best believe that there are going to be people in those those, uh, ministries that are going to do it too. And that's why it's like, you can't just talk a good game. You can't just talk a good this or a good that. But who's doing the work? Who is actually amongst the people saying... Hey, I want to go do this, and I want to go do that. But also, at the same time, there have been, there have been individuals that have gone into churches with very, they seem like they had very good intentions while they were there. But all along, Satan was in their heart. All along, all they were there was to cause strife, was to cause discord, was to cause this. And he's saying here, man, you got to mark who those people are. you got to know who those people are. I mean, it's like you don't have to out them or anything like that. Talk to them privately, I guess. But he's saying you got to know who these people are and avoid them. Why? Because he's going to take, they're going to take your ministry and cause it to just go astray. Because that's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to divide and conquer. And he, you know, he's gotten real slick. And we know this. Satan got real slick. I can't attack the church from the outside. i got to take it from the inside and that's what he's doing he's putting people in churches and in ministries and in fellowships. they appear like everyone else but as soon as you start saying the Holy Spirit's got the gifts he wants us to heal people he wants us to you know, go out and, and heal the sick and raise the dead and speak with new tongues and he wants us to do all this stuff and to give to the homeless and live like Jesus Christ all of a sudden what happens they start going slowly this way they start saying stuff that may be contrary. They might even start, you know, talking, whispering stuff in certain people's ears that goes contrary to what what you're trying to do, what the Lord has instructed your ministry to do. Now they're going to start talking contrary. Why? Because that's what Satan wants. He whispers lies and he whispers deceits in the ears and the hearts of people. Why? To get them on board. So that's why it's saying it's like, man, all these people can talk a good game, but what's what's in their hearts to do it? And that's why we got to know who these individuals are so that way we're not taken astray by it. We're not taken off the beaten path by it. Alright, let's go to Romans 15, right next door in verse 1. Romans 15, verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to the edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of all them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you the like, to be like minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. So if we see our brothers and our sisters in the ministry or in church or whatever, and you got new individuals coming in, newly saved, they don't know the word, hey, we need to go and help them. We need to help them and to edify them in the word, so that way they're not taken astray. And if we even see brothers and sisters that are coming along and stuff like that, but it looks like they're getting a little off the beaten path, hey, can we hang out? Can I talk to you? I want to talk to you about this. You know, I've started noticing that you're kind of going a little bit this way, and I, you know, I want to talk to you about what the scripture says. Why? So that person doesn't get off the track completely. So they're not reprobate. So they don't go back into that old life. Now, if you tell them about it and they still choose to go back, then that's the, that's of their own choosing. But, you know, we don't want any person that's coming to Jesus Christ to go off the beaten path. We don't want any person to end up in the hell. It is is our own choice which direction that we go. But if we see our brother or sister saying, seeing them go off this way or go off that way, maybe they're hurting, maybe they're depressed, maybe they're in distress or something like that. Yeah, we should still talk to them and say, Hey, let me talk to you. Let me know what's going on in your life. Now, if they close you off, there's not much more you can do that, but pray for them. The thing is, is that, you know, that's the care and that is the love of Jesus Christ too, you know. But at the same time, it is of their own choosing. That's something we also got to understand. You try and help that person, they don't want the help. Hey, don't keep forcing it on them. You know, we want to help them, but we've got to also know it's not a forced issue either. Because we do all love and care for one another and everything that we are going through and stuff like that. At the same time, it's just like we got to know. All right, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do I help this person? You know, I know they're going through this, but how do I help them through that? We got to know. And we got to hear the voice of the Lord through this too. Amen. All right, Philippians thirteen. Philippians
1: four thirteen.
0: Philippians three. three okay. I had some some chapters there. <laughs> I to
1: say, man, you got an advanced Bible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Philippians three and (laughs) thirteen. Sorry. (laughs) I got the Catholic Bible. I know. <laughs> I, right. I know, right? So Philippians 13, three and thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know how I keep saying that. All right, three and thirteen, brethren. I count now. I I count not myself to have approached, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, where to we have already attended, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk, also, which walk so as ye have us for an example. So, in other words, walk after we walk in Jesus Christ. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mine earthly things so Paul's saying this I'm telling you this even with weeping why is he saying this even with weeping because it was on his heart to say you've got to know who these people are you can't afford to go after them not one bit and you know it's easy like I was saying before and it's been said before it's easy that we get on fire for Jesus Christ and if we don't keep that fire lit if we don't keep prayer and fasting and you know reading the Lord's word and getting into him if we don't keep that fire within our bones it's very easy to start slowly but surely going back the other direction little by little and it's happened to me so I know it can happen little by little we start going back the other direction little by little you start feeling that fire go out Little by little you start giving into other things that you weren't given into before. and that's why we got to keep that's why he's saying keep pressing forward. keep going forward. Know the word, but mark them. you've got to mark them because those individuals and it's so true we really got to have this understanding, those individuals that are not for Jesus Christ are only after the world. They're going to try and get it, get us into worldly things and off of Jesus Christ. And that's why he's saying it here with weeping. He was very, very just like adamant after this that they know that this is happening. Verse twenty, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall who shall change our vile body that is that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So Paul was saying here man I want to get out of this filthy wretched body and I want to get into the one that Jesus Christ has. You know think about it. When we're in heaven one day if we make it there no more body aches no more you know this no more that and it's just but you got so many people today they don't want Jesus Christ to come back. They would rather have their best life now and it's like you preach that to them they get offended it's like man don't you want jesus christ well what about this what about that what about my friends what about all this that and the other don't you want jesus christ to come back because it's like look at the evil that we're in today this world is pure evil why do we want to stay here why do we want to have all this stuff here because it's like it doesn't bring any satisfaction the only satisfaction we're truly ever going to have is if we make it into heaven with Jesus Christ. That's truly it. And we should want him to come back. We should want him to take all the evilness away. But you got so many people out today, even Christians, saying that. You know, it's like, man, don't you want Jesus Christ to come back? And they're about ready to beat you up with an inch of your life because they want to have all of the world now. Yeah. All right, last scripture of the night. Like you're famous for saying. Romans 6 and
1: verse 1. <laughs> I can tell this is spirit led So I was going to read something quick in Romans 7. So that's probably oh. like right after she did that. <laughs> you want
0: to read it?
1: No, I meant like I was just going to... Uh,
0: just oh, you want me to read this first? Yeah, you said can. Romans 6? Romans 6 and verse 1. <clears throat> Romans 6 verse 1 what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid how shall we say that we are dead in sin how shall we say that we are dead to sin live any longer therein know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we had been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin so when we are baptized with Jesus Christ like it was said before we need to die out to that old man we need to stop the same sins that we were doing before and have them completely washed away from us and some of this stuff is a growing in grace process you know because it's like we may have the old things the big sins like we like to say taken out of our lives but then there's still those little things that like to hang around and annoy us from time to time and it's like we've got to give them up can't say, okay, we got to say, all right, no movies today, or no video games today, or no whatever today. I'm going to be with the Lord. No friends today because I'm going to be with the Lord. Hearing His voice. So it's like, you know, we may say, well, I've given up all the big sins. What what do I have left to do? Obedience. Obedience is the biggest thing of all. You know, that's one of the biggest, disobedience is one of the biggest sins we can have in our life outside of something else. So we've really got to want to have that. If we still have disobedience in us, it's like, all right, Lord, help me with this. Help me take it away, so I hear you and to do your voice. Because some people don't think that disobedience is all that big, because they don't even think that they're being a disobedient in the first place. Right. So they gotta, we gotta recognize what it is. Lord tells us to do something, we don't do it. It's disobedience. The children of disobedience, are the children of wrath. So we've gotta understand. We've gotta hear that. We've gotta hear the Lord. Amen. All right, verse six. Knowing that our yeah. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Knowing, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in, he, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you know what, even through reading this, I don't know how many times I just picked up on this. So, as we know that Jesus Christ only died once for the sin of man, and he's alive again with God. But if you also read this here, it's also saying if you die with Christ, you need to die into sin one time. So that way we can live unto Jesus Christ. So he's saying if you died into sin one time, all those other sins, stop bringing them back up. Stop resurrecting those sins. You died with Jesus Christ. and he only died one time, we should only die one time unto those sins so we can live to Jesus Christ. So if we keep resurrecting those dead sins, there's something wrong with that. There's really something wrong with that picture if we keep doing that. And that's something for even for my own life. Do I keep resurrecting old sins that I need to be getting rid of? I mean, big sins are gone, but it's just like, I, I won't be honest, I still watch a movie from time to time. Lord's telling me, you got to stop all that all together. If I got rid of it in your life, you need to keep it out of your life. If I told you to get rid of it, stay got rid of it. Stop bringing it back up so we got to keep dealing with it over again. Just completely get rid of it all together so we don't have to deal with it anymore so I can get on fire for him and get out there you know completely on fire for him alright verse 12 let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof neither yield ye your, ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether unto sin, unto death, or of obedience, unto righteousness. So this is plain and simple to read. Whoever we yield our minds over to, our members over to, that's what we are going to do. So we're either going to give our our minds over to God and let Him use us, or it's going to be over to Satan, and Satan's going to use us. It's one of the two. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sins, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine... Which was delivered you being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye your members servants of righteousness unto holiness, for when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness, what fruit? Had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and became servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, Romans 6 and 23 is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, but they forget the rest of Romans. The rest of Romans 6, and they want to quote that one verse right there. It's like, no, you got to read the entire chapter before you get to that one because it's true. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ gave us a gift on the cross, but it was to free us from sin. you got the once saved, always saved people, reading just that one verse, and they forget the rest of it. The rest of the end is like no, you got to read the whole chapter to understand. Because the thing is, is this, is that if we're not yet, if we're not willing to give our, our our entire selves over to Jesus Christ, you know, we may worship Him and we may say really good things about the Lord and everything like that. But at the end of the day, who are we really serving? Do we truly want to serve the Lord? Do we truly want to give ourselves over to Him to do His will? We got to know what we're signing ourselves up for. We've got to ask the Lord, Lord, what is your plan for my life? Do I really have it it within me to want to follow after you? Because it is going to take like a warrior-like spirit, a warrior-like person to do that. You know, it's like being in the military. It's like uh, you brought up last Tuesday, but I wasn't feeling that well. It's like sometimes like your sergeant or whoever will tell you to do something. and You don't always see the plan involved, but later on you do see it. And you just follow his instructions, you know. Believing that what he's saying is the right thing. Obviously, Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and everything. And so we do follow his instructions. There's going to be times that, man, he's going to call us to be as a roaring lion. He's going to call us to go out and do things. And it's like, if we don't have the strength within us to do that, how are we going to go and do it? How are we going to follow after him? You know, it was like Henry Gruber said something one time about prayer walking he says you know you can't go to the jungles of africa where there's lions and tigers and all that kind of stuff out there and you're out in the field laying there if you can't out if you can't go out and conquer your own neighborhood he's like you got to get your own neighborhood he said you got to get that small thing before you can go conquer something really big because if you don't have that little faith how are you going to have that bigger faith over here Amen. So we got to know where we are with Jesus Christ and we got to have that understanding and say, Lord, just I don't want to honor you just with my lips. I want to do it with my entire self to give you the glory so I know where I'm at with you so I can go out and do your will. Amen. Did you want to read Romans 7?
1: Oh, I thought about it, but I just wanted to bring up a, a quick point so we can get out of here that, you know, Romans 7 talks a lot about how the law affects us in our lives and You know, one thing with scripture the Lord's been giving me and I've been meditating on is um, Romans 7, and I believe it's 9, but Mm -hmm. he talks about here that for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And one of the things that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord will do to us occasionally, and that's why I'm going to be so looking forward to next week's teaching sin, iniquity, and transgression. They're all different but very similar. But it's important to know what we're dealing with because many of us have dealt with many of the sins that we know in our lives, but they're still a part of our nature, which is iniquity mm-hmm. that God needs to pluck out of us and get rid of. But um, this part here, you know, it's so funny how the Lord can give us commandments that we've already conquered, and we love to do those things, and we feel good with the Lord. And then the Lord will throw you a curveball and tell you, okay, this is what I want to do today. And when the commandment comes, in many cases, sin will revive and you die. Remember when the Lord says about keeping his joy on you, letting his joy of his spirit rest on you, not to frustrate the grace of God, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, okay? But there are times when God can give us commandment. And, and you know, it's not that he's trying to play games with us, but he's showing us in many cases where we are. Okay, you you just said to me, you want to serve me. Anything you say, Lord, I'll do. But then when he tells you what he wants for the day, and you heard those instructions loud and clear, and you won't go, that is the sin within us that is being revived, and we die. Mm -hmm. What it it means by you die is not that you're physically dead, or even spiritually dead, but you show the distance between your will and God's will. So it's almost like disconnecting from the tree where God wants to keep his joy on us. So that's just important that we recognize that we have hearing hearts. We've got to want to hear what God has to say. Because if we don't, then we're just playing games. But every now and then, he'll tell me something outside of my routine. And if I'm in line with him, even if it's something I haven't done yet, if I believe and I go out in faith, then that's great. And the Lord always shines through. He always shows up when you believe him. But when you won't go, or when you have this excuse, or, you know, I'm not too sure, sin revives and you die. He's showing you what's within. And in many cases, those things that we don't want to do are the things that God commands us Mm to So I'm just saying that's a reminder for us all that Mm -hmm. we just, you know, pay attention to those things because the commandments of God will show you who you are. And that's why he wants them written in our hearts and not in tables of stone. So Mm -hmm. that way it would be a part of our nature you know so Amen. that's which, all i got huh? which
2: verse was that that
1: was romans 7 in verse 9 it was speaking about the lord but remember the law is supposed to be Glory. written in our hearts that's god's desire that it's true that whenever the commandments come like god would say all right i want everybody on friday praying from midnight to 6 a.m but if it's not hmm. in you or you don't have a desire to long for it Sin revives <laughs> and you die. you know, because you, yeah. no, nah, man, I don't know, but I ain't going there. You know, I'm not going to do this and that. But it's really a part of, even if you don't fulfill the whole six-hour thing, try. You know, exactly. see what the Spirit will give you or where you'll go if that's His commandment for you, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. And uh,
0: so that was the lesson tonight, and I prayed that, you know, who I was hearing it and whatnot, just, you know, seek more of the Lord and what He wants us to do.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Anyone want to pray tonight?
1: I'll pray. I got a lot to be thankful for. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Thanking you once again for this time, Lord, for another day with our brothers and sisters, that you have kept them well, Lord, that you have preserved them, that they are not in distress, Lord, as other people, because you are good to your children. And, Lord, I just want to pray a special prayer tonight, that because I know your anointing has come back upon this ministry, Lord. You've shown me and you've told me this, that I pray... That everyone that we come into contact with, that we don't miss your signs and the things that you want us to do. That we truly walk after you in a pure heart with the obedience, Lord, because you're making it so clear. People are coming out of nowhere asking questions. Lord, you want us to speak. So I just pray that you put a boldness in us. I pray that you put your spirit upon us. I pray that the Holy Ghost becomes pleased and he rests on us. That we will be faithful to the call. Yes, Jesus. And Lord, I want to pray for my neighbor DJ tonight, Lord, because I know you've opened that door. I pray, Lord, that you flood her with the Holy Ghost, that she gets saved and that she will give her life to you. I pray, Lord, for the homeless out there that we're dealing with and everything going on with them. Many of them want to come to you, Lord. I pray for a building. I pray for an environment that you can provide for them, Lord, that these people will have and that they will be able to live fruitful lives and not have to worry about many of the things, Lord, that we don't. I want to pray for my brother Carlin tonight, Lord. I pray that you anoint him, Lord. I pray that you put your spirit upon him. I pray that you lead him in the ways that you want him to. I pray for my brother James and my brother Jake and my sister Christina, Lord, and Trey and Christina, my brother Ethan, Lord, that's out there struggling in his situation, my brother Michael Adams, who's got MS. I pray that you watch over them, Lord, and you guide them and that you show them the way that in all things, Lord, you consist. I pray for my brother Sam, But what he's doing with the ministry, Lord, and everything that you've got him doing, I pray that you pour a double portion unto his spirit and our sister Deborah. I pray, Lord, whatever path you set them on, that you want them to do, that it be fulfilled and that it not be taken down by the enemy. I pray for my sister Anna, Lord, and her mom and everything that she's going through. I pray, Lord, that you cast whatever spirit is upon her down. I pray, Lord, that regardless of what the doctors say, they don't know everything, but you are the great physician, Lord, that can make all things right. So I pray over that spirit of infirmity that it be lifted upon her tonight or taken away, that she will be made whole. I pray for my brother and sister, Lord, Laura and Martin, because, Lord, they are generous, and, Lord, you are using them. And I pray, Lord, that they hear your voice and commandments for what you desire for them to do. I pray, Lord, for my sister, Sarah, Lord, in everything that she's doing, Lord, praise your name for an amazing study tonight. Mm -hmm. Praise your name, Lord, that the word was spoken in truth and righteousness, that we may be edified, that the hearers may be edified, that they may turn their lives unto you. you. So, Lord, I just pray for all our brothers and sisters that we can't remember now. Our brother Brian, Lord. Our brother Jacob and so many, Lord, that are out there going through what they're going through. I pray for our sister Miriam, Lord. I pray for so many, Lord that are out there believing you, Lord, and trying to serve you, that you just give us all that we need, Lord, for we need you, Jesus. And this is a time, Lord, like no other that you said we're going into. And Lord, we just want to believe you. So Lord, I pray that you bestow faith, that you bestow peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith, Lord, let your fruit manifest in our lives, that we may be fruitful, that we may manifest the gifts that you may get all the glory we pray and we ask that all these things be done Lord for your glory and honor in Jesus mighty and holy and precious name we pray amen
0: with the lucky land sluts you can get lucky just about anywhere